Two, many of the actual victims can't be paid by the actual perpetrators. In ideal reparations, the actual person who did the wrong pays the specific person harmed. This is the most straightforward way to do reparations. It avoids issues of the payer having nothing personally to do with the wrongs committed or only benefiting indirectly, and avoids paying the descendants of those wronged who have been affected by the evil but were not directly acted upon. As explained earlier, it was American society and government that shat on blacks for generations, so it's reasonable for us as a whole to pay reparations. But it certainly isn't ideal to take money from recent immigrants, people who have taken no major racist actions in their lives, or who are just as or more poor than many of those we're paying reparations to, in order to give that money to people who have experienced no slavery and have greater opportunities than many people around the world. This isn't a convincing argument against reparations in total, but it certainly is a mitigating factor and justifies a relatively smaller reparations payment. 3. Current descendants of slaves benefited from slavery. For a variety of reasons, African economies have struggled. While some have been growing nicely, the opportunities to flourish and do what one wants in life are much greater in the dynamic U.S. economy compared to that of African countries. Slavery made it so that the current descendants of American slaves live in the United States, where, thanks to the abolition and civil rights movements, they have great opportunities, even if less than that of the average white. Also remember, more powerful Africans took slaves from weaker Africans. Some ancestors of American slave descendants would have been slaves anyways, and others would have been at the bottom of poor societies. Because they would have been at the bottom of a poor society, they would have been more likely to be killed by violence, starvation, or disease, and therefore not have had a chance to have children. Thus, not only do the current descendants of slaves have more opportunities because of slavery, their ancestors were able to have more descendants in the first place because of slavery. I'm not suggesting slavery was anything but a great evil. What I'm saying is that blacks today benefited from slavery. Their grandparents did not, but their life opportunities are much greater because of slavery. Their very existence is due to slavery. This doesn't make slavery and discrimination forgivable, nor does it refute the demand for reparations. But it certainly mitigates both the need for reparations and the amount that should be given if we decide to do reparations. 4. The world created slavery. The West ended it. The United States was not some uniquely evil country that invented slavery. The United States did not show up on the borders of a free Africa and demand they start the practice of slavery. Slavery had been in use since the beginning of history and has been used around the world. Africans were enslaving Africans long before Europeans showed up. It's true that likely more Africans were enslaved to fill the demand for Europeans, but they didn't start the practice. And 
they are not fully responsible when Africans did the deed of taking free people and enslaving them, and then profited by using their labor or selling them to outsiders. Slavery is the historical worldwide norm. Believing that slavery is a great evil to be eradicated is the exception, an exception sparked from the West. Not only was it sparked by the West, the West, especially Great Britain, helped force the world to end slavery. The United States was slower than Britain to end slavery, but the contradictions between a nation built on freedom and a southern economy based on slavery created tensions even among the founders. The idea that freedom should be valued so highly and that every individual has great moral worth was an idea that took over the West before other places. It was these ideas that led to the realization that slavery is inherently wrong. Africans enslaved Africans. Americans, after keeping them and their children as slaves for a few hundred years, freed them. Should the United States really owe a great debt for ending a practice that was accepted by cultures around the world from the beginning of history? Now, I'm not one who thinks an act is moral just because people at the time thought it was. Slavery was always immoral, and all these cultures around time and place were frankly wrong. However, understanding the context of the history of slavery certainly seems like a mitigation. 5. Have some reparations already been paid? Arguably, any reparations check should be reduced by reparations already paid. First, a higher proportion of blacks get general welfare than whites, and part of the reason for this is the history of slavery and discrimination. Is this not a form of reparation? One of the 1960s welfare goals was to help blacks, so it wasn't completely separated from reparations. Affirmative action is designed to help fix the wrongs of the past. That's a form of reparations. The 1977 Community Reinvestment Act was designed to help correct the wrongs of bank discrimination by encouraging lending to low- and moderate-income neighborhoods. It encouraged banks to serve the communities in which they were chartered to do business. Research generally suggests that the act increases lending to low- and moderate-income communities although the magnitude of its effects is hard to say. The Obama administration used this act to penalize banks for discrimination in overdraft charges, auto loans, and redlining. Before this act, banks wouldn't market their products to lower-income areas. This was a part of redlining. All these programs are kind of like reparations, and some were specifically made to help make up for historical wrongs. However, they aren't the same as a formal recognition, apology, and compensation. They are more beating around the bush. So I don't think we can really claim that reparations have already been paid through these programs. That said, these do mitigate the need for a massive reparations check and further support the idea of giving a real symbol of twenty or 30000 rather than hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay interest on slave wages or to make up for the racial wealth gap. Those that were helped by these programs already had the opportunity to make up that gap. One further mitigation. 330,000 white Union soldiers died in the Civil War. 
Thousands more were wounded and suffered in the poor conditions of Confederate prison camps. Should the lives of these men not count toward the reparations debt? That certainly is a price paid in lives, but it's not what we're thinking of when we say reparations. Reparations are value given to those wronged as a practical and symbolic form of healing. Union war dead aren't given to anyone. Their sacrifice should be honored, but they aren't really reparations. 6. The Cost The justice of reparations has great value, but so does the quality of life of all Americans. If the consequences of a massive reparations bill hurts other Americans too greatly, the justice won't be worth it. And if these consequences hurt the economy as a whole, it will hurt the descendants of slaves too, countering some of the reparation money they received. As of 2019, there were 15,030,000 black households in the United States. About 90% of them may be descendants of American slaves. That leaves 13,527,000. The black-white average wealth gap is 840,900. That gap times the number of slave descendant households equals over $11 trillion. If you instead just wanted to close the median wealth gap of 164000 that would be a reparation cost of over $2 trillion. And that doesn't include the implementation costs. Estimates of how much it costs to compensate slave descendants based on the value of their slave labor range from $6 trillion to over $6 quadrillion. A plan I'd be open to would be to give every individual slave descendant twenty or $30,000. Take the 37,691,000 slave descendants in the country and multiply that by twenty and 30000 and you get price tags of $756 billion and $1.1 trillion, respectively. That's a lot of money, but it's a hell of a lot cheaper than $11 trillion or $6 quadrillion. Spending trillions of dollars may not seem like such a big deal after COVID, but there are real consequences. Spending will either come in the form of taxes, debt, or inflation. Taxes are not free. When we tax the better off, that is spending and investing that they will now not be doing. That damages the economy in the areas where the better off spend and invest, as well as hurts the better off themselves. However, this would be a stimulus to where blacks tend to spend and invest. If black culture is not suddenly changed by this, and if blacks still continue to act in ways that are not good for long-term economic productivity, then this will be a net productivity loss. This means less money and stuff for everyone, which is a real cost to us all. Long-term debt is a drag on the economy, as the country has to use more and more of its budget just on interest, and future borrowing would be relatively more expensive. Furthermore, adding another chunk to the national debt gets us closer to the economic catastrophe where the world no longer accepts U.S. debt. When this happens, the economy will get hit by a freight train, meaning mass unemployment. This could very well hurt blacks more than reparations helps them. Because the U.S. dollar is a world currency, the U.S. can just print or electronically create money without debt or taxes. However, 
With more dollars in circulation, each dollar is worth less, and this creates inflation, which is a tax on everyone. A tax that hurts the poor most. The wealthy can afford more expensive groceries, entertainment, and luxury items. The poor and even the middle class cannot. All three of these would hurt the economy in general. A worse economy means less jobs and lower wages, including less jobs and lower wages for blacks. A job does far more for a person than a one-time $20,000 check, especially if the check isn't spent wisely. All of these problems with government spending scale, meaning the more we spend, the worse the problems. Thus, it's advantageous to have a scaled-down reparation package compared to a full-blown $10-11-$12 trillion package. Additionally, this won't work like normal stimulus. Stimulus spending is spent when the economy is in recession, when productive assets are not being used due to a vicious economic cycle. In such a situation, government spending is causing productive capacities to be used that otherwise would pointlessly lie dormant. This softens the negative impact of government spending. However, reparations would not be counter-cyclical recession spending. If not paid for by taxes, this would create additional demand on productive assets and cause more inflation than stimulus spending. Thus, we shouldn't think of big stimulus spending programs and compare that directly to reparations because reparations will have greater negative effects due to its spending being unrelated to asset utilization in the economy. Due to all the costs of a massive reparations program, it may not be just to pay trillions of dollars in reparations even if we accepted that the entire wealth gap was caused solely by slavery and discrimination, even if we only had direct perpetrators paying direct victims, even if slavery didn't make life better for current descendants compared to living in Africa, even if Americans or the West could be held fully responsible for the institution of slavery, even if we don't count any race-based government help as reparations. The cost alone may make it not worth it, but of course, we don't have the cost alone. At least some of the mitigations I mentioned above have real value. Thus, reparations shouldn't be equal to the top-line wealth gap in the first place. They should be reduced for several reasons, and then this reduced number will also reduce the downsides of the direct economic costs. We also need to think about the opportunity costs. Let's say we decided that 1 to 12 trillion worth of reparations was worth the economic downsides of spending that kind of money. That still wouldn't mean it's worth it because of opportunity costs. Maybe the costs of spending this kind of money are bearable. But would this money not produce more good spent on something else? Is the justice and welfare benefit of trillions of dollars in reparations really more valuable than that amount of money spent in incentives or regulations that reduce greenhouse gases? A warmer planet will have negative effects on everyone, and efforts to limit that could make the lives of people more livable in the future. What if we spent all that money on the poor rather than on the descendants of slaves? Yes, we wouldn't get this sense of justice for formally recognizing the racial sins of this country and giving some form of compensation, 
But certainly the money would be much more helpful focused on poor and low-income people than anyone suffering from historical racism, whatever their current wealth and income. The biggest opportunity cost may be not fixing the neighborhoods that facilitate a seemingly endless cycle of poor blacks. Creating opportunity for those with limited opportunity would do far more to help people than a cash payment. Although admittedly, we don't know how to fix such neighborhoods. It's very difficult to say if the money is better spent on reparations than a plethora of other things. This also increases the argument for a smaller reparations bill so that the additional spending capacity can be saved or used for other priorities. Racial injustice isn't the only problem facing the nation. In conclusion, I've laid out some of the history of blacks being enslaved followed by a hundred years of heavy discrimination that left them greatly disadvantaged. This is a history that only gets worse the more you look into it and begs the question, don't we as a country owe these people something? Although I'm skeptical of reparations, I'm open to a certain version of it. That is a version that pays a relatively small amount of twenty or thirty thousand to each American descendant of American slavery. Because it's reparations, it must come with a formal recognition and apology for discrimination and slavery. Such reparations are not a form of welfare or a replacement of it. It is a real symbol re representing sincere remorse on behalf of the country and a payment that will never make up for historical wrongs, but is enough money to truly benefit people. For such a reparation to work, it must be generally accepted by the descendants of slaves as reparations that, while won't fix history, does allow the country to move on as a united country focusing on helping everyone succeed. If such a reparations are not accepted, then it isn't worth doing them at all, because simply giving some money is not the point. I have identified six mitigations that make me skeptical of reparations in general and make me sympathetic only towards a relatively small reparation payout. The first is that through irresponsible behavior such as crime and single motherhood, some amount of the poor conditions of black neighborhoods is the fault of blacks. I'm not keen on paying tens of thousands of dollars or even more to people who have behaved so irresponsibly and some of the black-white wealth gap is due to this behavior rather than historical wrongs of whites and society. The second is that many of the actual victims can't be paid by the actual perpetrators. Such a thing isn't necessary, but it is the ideal when compensating someone for a wrong. Three, the current descendants of slaves benefited from slavery by being born in a wealthy, dynamic country rather than African countries that have ranged from less wealthy to dysfunctional. 4. Slavery was the worldwide and historical norm. The United States continued this practice, then ended it. The U.S. doesn't owe a special payment for being a nation that actually ended the practice on its own accord. 5. Through programs targeted at, or disproportionately received by, blacks, some amount of reparations have already been paid. Finally, 
any reparations program will have a huge straight cost as well as an opportunity cost. And we have to ask ourselves whether giving out trillions of dollars because of historical wrongs is the best use of this money. Look, we as a society fucked the descendants of slaves so hard that I feel like we as a country ethically owe them something. There are enough mitigations so that we can't completely break the bank doing this. But I think twenty or 30000 is affordable and is enough to really mean something in the lives of average people. Such a reparations would not replace welfare or attempts to create equality of opportunity, but could help the country move on from its horrid past and stride forward as one people, a diverse people, but one who all want the best for their country and their fellow citizens. Whether this is the best use of such money is debatable. I'm Lone Candle. Like me? Come at me. Love me.